Is Elon Musk taking over the world? And all the details on the untimely demise of Robot Steve. All that and more Tech 411 starts now. Your personal guide to everything tech. Tech 411. Tech 411 with Oscar Santana and Todd Moore. Salutations. Welcome to Tech 411. I'm Oscar Santana. And I'm Todd Moore, and you're listening to show number 168. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're back, baby. Six-week hiatus. I don't think this is the furthest we've gone without doing a program, but we definitely have gone uh, further than we'd like, Todd, you would say. Someone tweeted at us uh, a few days ago saying, we've turned into a quarterly show. We do a quarterly report. Yeah, it's just like a business. <laughs> That's it. You value the stock. Uh, we beat yeah. the market. I think that we're just a few cents above, but still, the forecast looks nice. We have shares for purchase. Yes. <laughs> They yes. are, uh, they're called pink slips, <laughs> penny stocks. That's right. Uh, well, we do have some news to talk about. Let's start off with a fun story that happened here in Washington, D.C., and that is the drowning of a local security robot. His name was Steve. Yeah, and look, when anything drowns, it's sad yet funny, uh, and I'm talking about your typical uh uh, the guy that, you know, for somehow he didn't see the stop sign, jumps in, uh, his car drowns, he survives, no big deal. Or if you're kayaking and your kayak uh, spills over, you lose your kayak, you have to swim to shore, you're alive. When you essentially are artificial intelligence and you roll your way into what is a fountain in the nation's capital and you essentially commit suicide, as the memes on Twitter said all last week, I think in that case, I'm I'm both scared because I thought Skynet was self-aware, clearly not self-aware enough with this, but I'm also, and I want the technology to move forward, but I'm also amused because everybody around the country found this so hysterical. In my eyes, I said, well, that company's stock is going down. There's no way that should run into a fountain. Yeah, the the company is called, well, the robot is called Nightscope K5. I think the company is Nightscope. They actually made uh, fun of the situation on Twitter, talking about, hey, it was hot out, can't robots take a swim too? Um, it's If you're familiar with the area, it's, it was, it's the fountain that was next to Tony and Joe's down on the, the National waterfront. The Harbor, yes. Yeah, and so uh, it's a big robot. It's It's five foot tall. And there's all these photos of it just kind of like toppled over. There's these stairs that go down into this fountain. And he just kind of fell down the stairs into into the water and died. Um, there was uh, no one knew if it was just Steve w- committed suicide or was there like foul play involved? Did someone push him? Um, we've been following this story. I have been following for the last few days. And it, and it says that nobody pushed Steve and that this was uh, faulty programming of some sort, um, that and that Steve shouldn't even have been around that area. He was programmed, you know. He has GPS and he's rolling around and he knows, you know, the safe places to go. Um, but uh, fortunately, we don't know exactly uh, what happened to Steve. If Steve was depressed and just wanted to, you know, end his life to terminate his programming, we don't really know. Uh, that's still being investigated. But this news 
received national attention. Yeah, and, Skynet's but, supposed to come self-aware, and if it's this this aware, maybe we need to incubate it a little longer because it's certainly not going to take over the human race. Uh, <laughs> I, we've got some um, we've got some video here to give you a little more yeah. uh, context on Nightscope, the company, and the robots. So I'm going to roll it now. Over R2D2. We wanted to make something that was completely socially engaging, not something that's menacing and ominous. Meet the Nightscope K5. This five-foot-tall, 300-pound autonomous like a trash robot can. was born last yeah. year in Mountain View and is set to roll out next the year. The cool ones. On top, we have uh, the familiar blue light uh, for being able to call for an emergency. It may look friendly, but its job is to provide non-stop security monitoring using laser beam 3D mapping, GPS, microphones, and even license plate recognition software. Multiple cameras on board feedback images of what the robot sees so humans can make a decision about whether to intervene. The target buyer, tech companies and malls. Company founders say its creation was actually influenced by the 2012 Sandy Hook massacre and last year's Boston Marathon bombings. The Nightscope contains software to monitor social network feeds to collect potentially useful information to help law enforcement during a crime. If somebody is messing with it and they're trying this to guy was probably upset this past week duty, then it will begin to sound an alarm and it will send an alert back to the operations center it even knows when to recharge and keeps working while it's powering up so what might this mean for human security guards give that work to the robot let the robot run around and, and monitor what's going on send those alerts to a security operations center allow the humans to do the strategic work the company says it's selling the Nightscope K5 as a subscription, costing customers about $6.25 per hour of operation. Look for it at a mall near you, possibly next year. In Mountain View, David Stevenson, KTVU, Channel News. All right. So it's important we ran that story because I, I wanted to find more information, and so did you, Todd, about the robot and what not just the economics behind it were, but the programming, right? So. Yeah. The idea that you could pay, let's say, let's round up to seven dollars a day, an hour for the, uh, an hour for this robot on some sort of lease, and take the job of a human being that has the common sense to say, "I'm not going to step into a, a fountain of sorts." I mean, that technology, while we think it's come a long way, it's not there yet. Clearly, <laughs> well, this is certainly a step backwards, right? Um, I think. You know, the K5 has a, a bunch of sensors on it, a mix of four cameras, microphones, radar, environmental sensors that can actually detect fires and gas leaks. So it certainly, you know, would be a good addition for a busy area um, that, that's looking for You can have a security some, guard and one of these yeah. guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it's doing, you know, it's just going to be pacing back and forth. Uh, making sure that, you know, everyone is in a safe area. And, of course, it's going to be recording all of this information in case a crime does occur. So the the nice thing about the K-5 was it required little training. It has a yeah. GPS and, you know, it just needed some, some initial bit of instruction. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it probably didn't get enough instructions on, on you know, don't go into the fountain. Uh, some of the... Go ahead. I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's weird that we even talk about the idea that a robot is constantly learning, right? And or giving instructions because this mistake, in essence, like don't trip over the stairs, don't fall into that fountain. Kids make these these mistakes, like children. So yeah. 
if if this is like a first gen robot that's really out in the wild, I mean, clearly this is a fixable um, situation where they can say, okay, this is this is another pain point we have to deal with now uh, as a programmer. I don't see it being like ever an issue overall, right? <laughs> well, I think it's pretty bad programming if if it couldn't detect stairs. Um, and maybe the reason it couldn't really detect the stairs was because the water kind of came up to the level of stairs. So maybe this was a scenario that this particular robot was was never trained for. The best part of this story, you have to get on Twitter yeah. and see all the uh, all the top posts that uh, are happening. I'll read a few to you right now. Please. Let's see. This person said, and so they're all tweeting. Like these are all people that work in this area and they're taking pictures of Steve floating in the fountain and they're going, our DC building just got a security robot. It drowned itself. We were promised flying cars. Instead, we got suicidal robots. That's perfect. <laughs> this is from the company itself. Breaking news. I heard humans can take a dip in the water in this heat, but robots cannot. Mm -hmm. I am sorry. Nice. <laughs> I like that person had a, a sense of humor. We're like, you know what? We run this building. Yeah. We clearly made a bad bet. Now we got to yeah. make fun of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a good way to handle it. Uh, one of the one guy took a photo, he had a photo from a few days before the incident of him and the robot. He says, my remembrance moment with Steve, the robot, just last Friday. We were such good friends. He looked so happy and healthy. Yeah, I could see that. Did you ever, did you ever, or have you ever seen anything that was, like, people get attached to their laptops, they get attached to, I don't get, I don't have that empathy or affinity to my phone for some reason because i feel like we change them out every couple of years so i can't really care about it too much and i don't yeah. think, i don't think it's built to last but did you did you ever hold on to a laptop for too long if we're going to talk about some sort of even jokingly no. uh, love for um like a gadget no no i didn't and i think this, this is all just kind of stick you know stick yeah, playing around stick. yeah i get it they even set up a um Mourners created a memorial for Steve right at the harbor that's with fun. photos and flowers. See, that's that's a genius comedy because that's that's also that's like a physical. Like you'll have to go out and get a sympathy card and then flowers and lay them out. Yeah. So you know, Steve is famous. It sounds like Steve will get repaired. They've already got a backup robot. I think they're working with. Um, so certainly keep your eyes out for the for Steve 2.0 down on the harbor. I gotta go see him. I want to see him before he doesn't just drown again. But before somebody like decides, I'm gonna back up into my truck, and then there isn't uh, another backup. Those things can't yeah. be cheap to make. Well, at least he didn't throw himself into the Potomac. That's I don't true. think there's no coming back. There's from no that. retrieval straight to the bottom of the drink. Yeah. All right. Well, look, uh, robots are one thing. There's so much else going on in the world of tech, especially in the past yeah. six weeks. What's another big story? Let's cover Elon Musk. Oh, he is all over the news. And, and I'm going to bring up three different stories very quickly. The first one, the Model 3, uh, will finally be delivered uh, starting July 28th. On so the time. first batch will on, be delivered to customers. On time, by the way, because Tesla has been murdered and look you nerds out there don't send me articles that it's fake on time or he's he's this manufactured uh delivery date i don't care the yeah. idea and what i live by it. is the fact that at every delivery date he's missed 
and he finally called his shot. I, I guess uh, Blind Squirrel can finally find a nut where he has a car that's made for the people that isn't as com- complicated as the other cars with the going doors yeah. and seats. Yeah, the, the axe killed it. Yeah, that he yeah. can actually build, and he's getting things done. This is great for the industry. It's great for Tesla enthusiasts, enthusiasts and it's great for Elon Musk. Yeah, he's going to be ramping up to 20,000 vehicles per month uh, by this coming December. So for all those that threw down $1,000 to reserve it, and there was, uh, I think, over 400,000 of you, that's a lot of money. Um, you'll be getting these cars soon. Of course, you'll be getting them in the order that you reserved. Talking about you just brought up uh, kind of uh, his, um, you know, keeping a schedule, keeping things on yeah. track. I want to jump ahead because this is an interesting story that did not get, I think, a lot of coverage. But Elon Musk says Tesla is building the largest battery system in the world within 100 days or it's free. So Tesla is set to build the world's largest lithium-ion storage project. It's going to be in South Australia. He said he's going to complete it. Now, he he, uh, competed against 91 other countries for this contract. And he won it. And I think the reason he won it, he said, look, I'll deliver this in 100 days or it's going to be free. So this whole thing is going to be a giant, massive array of lithium-ion batteries. And it's going to be charged by wind power. And so when w- during the day when you know the, the high uh, demand comes in, like during the middle of the day, that's when um, – you know, this kind of system can alleviate the current power grid in Australia. So very cool system that he that he he's building and he believes so much in his technology. He says, you know, 100 days are free. That really uh, surprised me. And I think that's probably why he won the contract. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, you mentioned it. I think you have to be a multi-billionaire to call your shot like that. Yeah, uh, it's really risky. Anybody that was I'm. You know, whatever board Elon's uh, uh, talking to is probably like, yeah, that's not the way you do business. But he's known for this. He's known for the risks that it, that come with his type of aggressive nature to get things done. Let's. I know this is not on our show sheet, um, Todd, but let's talk about the, the idea that his 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 rocket fueled company, or is not his rocket fuel company, his rocket company, as SpaceX. SpaceX has essentially done the impossible. Within a weekend, they've had two successful landings, and like they just keep on making headlines for the successes and not the failures. Yeah, he's winning. Right? He's on a winning streak right now. It's not sure. Like yeah. when we saw this that SpaceX capsule, the Dragon on the on the Washington Mall here in D.C., you, you when you looked inside, it just smelled of like engineering and technological prowess. Where you sit there, and you're like, I, I just. It, it, he he's playing to win and he's putting everything into it yeah and let's talk about the tweet uh that really got a lot of attention uh this week and that was elon musk saying he has the verbal okay to build a new york to dc hyperloop of course the hyperloop is that uh, vacuum tube train which um, will be able to transport people at tremendous speeds, um, faster than any train. And uh, they say that the route from Washington, D.C. to New York would take 29 minutes. Mm. I don't know about you, but 
I, I kind of like taking the train, but the train is a good three hours. Uh, imagine if you can make it in 30 minutes. How cool would that be? Uh, I'd buy in. There's a lot of naysayers that say, uh, essentially, that this will never happen for a couple of reasons. And I'd like to get your take on it, Todd, as far as, as, far as what the real story is here. I say within 20 years, we're going to have the boring company build some sort of hyperloop, at the very least, of Baltimore. Uh, yeah. My logic for... Uh, telling the naysayers that the local municipalities have not bought into this and it's just the federal government. I say, look, e even if you got the verbal okay from the federal government, I know that you got to deal with all these state and city governments. That's going to suck. And that bureaucracy is going to, might kill the project in some areas. But overall, the idea that we even look into this is phenomenal. And think about the economic boom that would happen for these towns, right? Mm -hmm. Not just doing business in, let's say, a Delaware or a Philadelphia, I'm talking about people moving to these other cities because they know they can get to New York or DC right. within 30 minutes. So it's not like, oh my God, I got to live in DC or New York because my business is there. Yeah. And so this kind of fits his master plan of, of revolutionizing transportation. He's got the car company. He's got this uh, boring company, he calls it, for the Hyperloop. It's got the SpaceX for, you know, planetary exploration. And what else does he have? Well, he look, he, he's got that's solar. Three, he's right? got solar city, which well, is that was that was and that was just bought by Tesla. So yes. that's under, under that umbrella now. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, that's the power that's going to drive half of this half of this technology. Right. Yeah. And so they just came out uh, with the boring company. Um, just came out and declared their first uh, test was completely successful. Yeah. Um, let's I saw see. it in Nevada, in the desert. I watched that video like I was watching anything, any one of my favorite videos on YouTube or any other sites that you shouldn't go to when you're at work, where I just watched them and I said, man, yeah. are you kidding me? This is actually happening. The next step is to put humans on right. board to see if they, you know, they don't. Well, that's not the next step. So the first, the first test was... Uh, they went 70 miles per hour for five seconds through the Nevada desert using magnetic levitation. Um, their, their second test um, will go up to 250 miles per hour. And then, of course, um, they're going to be aiming for production speed, which is 750 miles per hour. Yeah, I, I, I get it. It's, it's going to scale up. The, the, the human side is simply my uh, my obsession with them succeeding at this, right? Like, I get that you have to go through trials. You're going to have to put those crash yeah, tests on there. It's early days. The idea that it's even happening, man, in a world of no's and no's and no's, right now people are like, you can't do this, you can't do that. The guy is, and these companies are, are blazing a trail for, we haven't seen this type of, um, I think, excitement, especially in the transportation world yeah. in a decade, right? Oh, I know. I know. What, what innovation has there been with, yeah. with transportation? I mean, really, he's 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 it with the electric car, and now he's going to revolutionize mass transit. It, it, I'm amazing. excited. It's, it's a fun he, time to be alive and, like, see this happening and even, like, being bummed out when SpaceX had that kind of eerie and surreal and kind of unbelievable and a lot of conspiracy theories are behind that one launch of uh that went wrong on the launch pad like that bummed me yeah. out but to see two spacex rockets land successfully in one weekend which hadn't been done before that was cool that was a yeah. plus he's he's doing a lot of winning that's for sure i yeah. wish i could uh, invest in the man yeah, and all right. of these little private ventures he's got going on
We we missed the boat on Tesla a long time ago, Todd. We gotta yes, let it go. We, let we it did. Go. We did. A we trading did. at three fifty, if I'm not mistaken, last time I Don't remind me. Yes. Don't remind me. <laughs> I bought the car when it was at thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't remind me. All right. Uh, should should we cover some more stories Please. or go into the apps of the week? Uh, We've got time for one more big heavy hitter before we come back with apps of the week. Well, let's talk a little bit about space. Japan wants to put a man on the moon accelerating the Asian space race. Of course, China has announced that as well. But now the uh, Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency wants to do the same. Their uh, target is, I think, 2030. So it's going to take a while. Um, But I'm excited that... You know, all these these other countries are getting excited about space travel. I know NASA paved the way um, in the 60s and when we landed a person on the moon, and I believe it was 1969, so such a long time ago, um, with today's technology, I, I'm excited because, you know, neither one of us was alive during you know, um, um, the landing on the moon, no. the first man on the moon. And the technology, the, the broadcast coming back to Earth was you know, not not the greatest. It was blurry. Just imagine if we we go up there now. We got these 4K cameras. It's going to be such a great event to watch. Who, whichever country, and it's probably going to be China. Um, I'm excited about it. No, I am as well. Uh, it actually reminds you of, of a story that um, really dovetails to this. There's an. Do you, you remember last in 2015 when uh, a NASA? Uh, and I know Japan is NASA, but just a space program overall. Um, but NASA did that public auction where you could buy little models and figurines from the old space program. No, I don't actually yeah, remember that. Yeah, so in twenty, I remember going on the site and looking at, um, the, you know, little small scale uh, rockets that. So NASA was essentially doing a big garage sale for all the trinkets that weren't going to not going to end up in um, in any air and space museum, and mm-hmm. it was. What's in a lifetime uh, object? Some of them were kind of hokey where like uh, they had um, a planetary uh, map that was hung up in one of the, you know, the lockers um, for the for the astronauts. Just like not, nothing great, but you could tell a good story with. Right. But they were mm-hmm. pretty expensive. And the auction, some some of the items went over. They were in thousands of, of dollars when I saw the initial bids. And I was like, well, I can't afford any of this. And I didn't know enough about it. Um there are a few things that went for a couple hundred, nothing crazy, but one of the. Like, items, well, what was the coolest thing you could get? Well, for me, there was a uh, like Saturn V, like scale rocket that w- was essentially used by the engineers when they were they were making different mockups of what the Saturn V rocket was going to be like, right? Hmm. Which was awesome, but I think it was like six thousand dollars when I saw it. I was like, well, I can't afford that, and. What what I guess my point is is as I was going through, there were some objects that were like who the hell would want this. Mm-hmm. And there was an Apollo 11 moon rock bag that was sold during that auction. Oh, and cool. you're like, oh, well, that's interesting. I mean, but in my eyes, why would you buy a moon rock bag? That's like having <laughs> like people bought the pet rock and that wasn't even from the moon. Yeah. But it, and would, is that something that maybe you would pick up uh, and say, I, this is what I got in the auction and share that with people? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, it looks like. It looks like one of those, uh, you know, deposit bags for cash for any type of uh, business where you drop that satchel and it doesn't look special, right? Someone wanted it. And this lady, Nancy Lee Carlson, bought it for $995. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. And I hear I hear it's like really fine dust almost. But it's a moon rock bag, right? So you're getting rocks with it too. It's just not the dirt. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, but but again, it it doesn't say here that there's even any rocks inside of the bag. It's the oh, bag that was. It's like used. a mystery bag. Yes. <laughs> they. NASA, you know, we brought back like a ton of rocks. Like we brought back a ton of stuff. I, I bet, right? So. And we gave it to a lot of universities to to kind of study and stuff like that. And there was so much stuff that we brought back. It was pretty cool. So. Essentially, when they were putting it for auction, the the price that they wanted for it roughly was forty two thousand dollars, right? So they couldn't get a bid for that. So somebody finally bought it for nine hundred ninety five dollars, and when the lady bought and won the auction, it was like, okay, they just were figuring, okay, well, they're going to get it, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, this lady said, "Well, I'm going to send it to NASA after she bought it." Uh, to see if there's any presence of moon dust. She sent it to NASA. NASA found traces of lunar material that was able to identify the bag as having flown on Apple, I'm sorry, on, on Apollo 11, right? So they, so essentially, NASA thumbs up and says, yes, this bag is real. Like, you bought it for $1,000. But then they're like, wait a second. We shouldn't have ever sold this. We should have <laughs> never sold this. Like, why the hell does this end up on the auction block? It was a clerical error, Right. It was? Yes. The lady had fought for the last two years for the right to keep this bag. She won in court, and she sold it on the Sotheby's auction block for guess how much? Uh, How much? $1.8 million. No. Make that return. Are you serious? On any investment you could ever think of, yes. Wow. In two years. Wow. In less than two years. She made one point seven nine no one point seven point one point seven nine nine million dollars. That's insane. Uh, it looks like between the years nineteen sixty nine and seventy two, there were six Apollo missions that brought back eight hundred and forty two pounds of lunar rock, core samples, pebbles, sand, and dust from the lunar surface. So, uh, congratulations to that lady. They got a piece of that. Yeah. Can you imagine? I can't like I really was like, can I please? Well, maybe if I if I won like a scratcher, I'll get that Saturn V rocket model. That still wouldn't have been a decent investment compared to this. Well, you know, it's crazy. We did a show on this before and I encourage everyone to listen to that one. But we uh, we lost the original footage of of the uh, walking on the moon. We had like high resolution film that, um, you know, showed showed the actual coming off the limb three onto the lunar surface and it was beautiful and amazing and NASA like put it in a warehouse and they lost it and so it's it's permanently gone and what you see today is the broadcast version of that which was very low resolution Not the but, OG the triple OG yeah the OG was a uh, high quality film real shame that NASA lost that maybe they sold it in the auction or B, the label maker ran out of labels and the guy's like, I'll be back for this. And he just rolled out. And it's just in one of those tin canisters you always see in the movies. Yeah. It'll right? probably surface in a hundred years and then the footage will probably I'm be. I'm so uh, happy destroyed. you didn't know about that lunar bag story. That blew my mind. No, I totally good. just. That is good. That happened like two days ago, by the way. Like when they put. Did it really? Action. Yes. Awesome. Old good night- story. Old nightly news. Keeping me up to date in the world of tech. 
Well, let's transition now um, from Moon Rocks to mobile apps, and we're going to get to our favorite apps of the week. Do you want to go first or me? Actually, I would love if it's possible, Todd. Um, We used to have an executive producer of the Tech 411 show, and he somehow ended up on a performance improvement project, uh, which is a PIP. Yes. And now he's back. (laughs) His name is Mac McIntosh. Mac does have an app of the week, and he's been sitting quietly here waiting for his turn to talk. All right. Turn his mic on, and let's get through with this. Okay. I am here. I have my app of the week. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. back. Yes. My app of the week is called Cats. It's a a misleading title. The only cats are in it. They ride little robot uh, machines, and it's pretty much an app like the old TV show, Robot Wars, or what were those, uh, the old show, uh, BattleBots. BattleBots. It's like a little BattleBots app where you create your own But a cat robots. rides on them. Yeah, cat rides on them. That's just That's a cool. weird gimmick, but it's, it's it's actually fun. You have to choose your parts, like choose your weapon. Choose so you build your, your robot. You build your robot. You get your wheels. You get your little up, <laughs> upgrades and all that. That sound bad. And you just battle them out. The only downside to it is you can't actually control them. It's once you create it and put them into battle, they're automated. Okay. But it, it's but still- Do you program it at least? Uh, no. But it's based on what you, your what wheels you got, what, what configuration, yeah, what configuration like the amount of health you have and the amount of uh, damage your weapons do and different types of weapons. Uh, it really works your critical thinking side where you're like, I wonder what I have to build to beat the robot. Do yeah. you go against the computer or other people? Both. You can do both. That's cool. Is Cats on iOS and Android? Yes. Oh, both. very cool. All right, cool. Uh, All right. Todd, I'll let you go first. Do you want me to go before you? No, nah, why don't you go first? Okay, uh, look, my app of the week is actually a game of the week. It's off the HTC Vive, and Todd got me onto this. It's called Rec Room. Rec Room is the first, the, the, I guess, VR game where you can play multiplayer with random people. And you may wonder, well, don't you play online when you play any PC gaming or, or uh, console gaming? Yes, it's different when you see an avatar of someone. And what I also found interesting, Todd, was that I actually felt like I was meeting someone. When I would walk yeah. into a room, I still had the feeling of like, I said, hi, I'm Oscar. What's your name? A couple of people were cool and told me like their name was Mark or Roger, whatever it was. The other people gave me their gamer tag, which I imagine is probably more private in the way you roll. I'm not going to call you by your name, gamer tag name. That's my personal policy. But if your name is Roger, I'll call you Roger during the game. But it really felt I f- had the feeling of cool. that intimate like. We're meeting for the very first time, right. but we're both avatars in this weird game called Rec Room. Yeah, and and you start off in a in a giant room With where other tables, avatars yeah. will join you. And what's cool is you know they're they're able when they talk, the microphones are are hot. Basically, uh, wh- whatever they say, you hear. Uh, you hear it like you're in a real room. Like if someone's far away, you're going to hear hear them talk in the distance. Like come over here. Yeah, if they're close up to you, you know you can hear them. They're right in front of you. So it, it's that was I've never done that with the VR yet. I've never done that kind of social chat. Um, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And then um, you can basically pair up, and you're you're in like a gymnasium or something, where a rec room where there's all these different games you yeah. can play. I think it's kid friendly, right? There's nothing like gross about well, it. Well, it's kid the f- friendly up to a point because, you know, like when we were playing paintball, you know, how many times did we get shot by a paintball guy oh, and we Kevin. just start cursing and you jerk? I would mother F. Uh, yeah. You can say that I, without cursing, but I would say things that I said 
to this guy Kevin that was just dominating all of us in paintball. Yeah. Things Kevin I haven't said in jerk. years in front of kids. You're right. I, yeah. I, I agree. And he probably was like a 13 year old kid, and we're like <laughs> cursed at Kevin because he was so good. Like we, he was spawn camping us. Yeah, you he know, was killing us. And it, I was really mad at Kevin, and I was yelling at him. Yeah, and the so, worst part is he wasn't yelling back, so must have yeah. been a kid. Like he's like, I'm just got all these adults being mad because I'm so good at this game. <laughs> so no, so I guess the the crux of it, Rec Room is the first game that has ever, ever made me feel like man, like this is. This is I I just met three people from Wisconsin. They were they were cool enough to teach me this game. Nice community. Didn't get yelled at by anybody because I was so bad in this game in these games. But it, it just seemed like Fun. I'm in, man. And they got yeah, every they really cool. take every cent of, of my dollars once I get. Well, up. it was free though. That's a great thing about your pick. It's totally free. yeah. That is free. A uh, great way to warm up and a great great addition to your your VR collection software collection. A lot of fun because the games were kind of like if you liked playing the Wii back in the day, the classic Wii, that's how the games were. Just like simple and fun. So definitely Rec Room, uh, thumbs up from myself. My game of the week, if you will, uh, is also for the HTC Vive. I bought this um, a couple like the the day you installed your Vive because I thought – you know, I went online and said, just give me the best multiplayer game because I figured we could play it. You're a good man. Uh, we never got around to it. So I ended up just playing single player mode um, uh, yesterday. And oh my God, it is so good. The name of the game is called Raw Data. Um, and it'll blow your mind. The graphics are insane. Oh, they wait. are absolutely insane. And you're, you're basically kind of a robot and you're fighting other robots but it's multiplayer they have a single player campaign i did the first i just did the first mission and it was scary as hell you got these robots that are shooting at you with lasers and you're going for the headshot you got all these different weapons i haven't even got to yet but uh, a whole array of different weapons like wow, this uh, looks intimidating jeez it it is so crazy because you'll have a You'll have a robot that's looking at you, and then he'll just run as fast as he can towards you, and you got to shoot him before he gets to you. You got these giant robots that are shooting rockets at you. Um, I just did the first mission, and I was out of breath. I'm like diving behind, you know, things, avoiding getting shot, and then looking over these desks and shooting yeah. back. It, it just felt so real, um, and the graphics were absolutely insane. So. Uh, it was a recommendation on, on, you know, on the internet for best multiplayer game. So tonight, I'm hoping Oscar we can yeah, give a, on. a campaign. Game of Thrones can wait. Let's figure this out. This game out yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This really showcases what how it, what, great VR can yeah, be. Yeah, what this machine can do, and I and I, I yeah. love discovering that. And and look for those of you out there that are like, ah, it's so uh, cost prohibitive. The Oculus is like three hundred. It's four hundred bucks now, right? Like I think I it's, that was it's a down sale. to three fifty. Yeah, it's a sale. I'm just like they've they've cut their prices. These prices are coming down. Yeah. yeah. And raw data is available on Oculus. By the way, I just checked. Um, yeah. I think within the next couple years, it's not going to be foreign for anyone to. And I would say maybe the next year for someone to say yes, I have a rig at home. Uh, I liken it to the idea when Xbox first came out. And it was cost prohibitive for most families. And you had an Xbox 360 at home. So you, that's what you would rock with. That's what you'd play, mm -hmm. right? But as 
these hol- these price points come down and people start really using them and more um, more of these software houses start building games for the rigs, I think mm-hmm. we're going to see people get into these into these uh, headsets faster than we've ever seen because not just the price point, there's going to be more to offer for the for a family or a household. Yeah, and I think um, you know more and more households will probably start dedicating rooms yeah. to having their own you know holodeck. Todd, I don't have enough room in my yeah. house, and you've yeah. seen what my setup is uh, compared to like you or our friend Dominique. That like you have a room dedicated to it, right? Like I yeah. might have to bring it up here to the office and just set it up there and just tell Shannon I'm going to go do work and then get on the holodeck. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy, lady. That's I'm a great idea. Aliens with Todd. Now it's it's great to have a dedicated space. Uh, one of the pain points with VR is, you know, it 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 takes a little bit of time to get everything set up and running, especially if it's a new space. So having it all set up and configured and all the firmware upgraded and you can just kind of pop it on and get That's right a, into the action. It is that makes it better. A lot of pain points. Uh, I actually, in full disclosure, I had to get Mac. I tried for two days to set up on my own. I respected your time, uh, Todd, so I didn't ask you. But I got Mac to come up and set my uh, rig up and set Dominique's up because, like, I I thought it was plug and play. It is not plug and play. You will have to call the guy, unless you're a computer guy or, or familiar, you will have to call someone. So just be prepared. Don't waste two days of your life. Get involved yeah. with the computer geeks or you go to Micro Center, whatever it is. Tell them the Geek Squad come out and set that up. Yeah, especially if you have the space for it and you can Hell make it dedicated. Yeah. Hell it's yeah. a lot of fun. All right, well, that's uh, it for a show. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, um, I definitely want to plug uh, just in general the idea that I am on Instagram. It's so sad <laughs> that I have so many few followers compared to uh, anyone I know on Instagram. It's Oscar F. Santana. You cannot miss me. I am posting more and more every day. Oscar F. Santana. It is disgusting that it took me forever to make the move to the gram. (laughs) You can follow me on Instagram at Todd Tech, and you can see all my latest photos of my new puppy, Bear. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Congrats on on Bear. We got to get him back out to D.C. so we can socialize him. Bear loves people. It's it's pretty cool. That's for sure. All right. You got anything? Shop at Micro Center? Oh, oh God. My God. <laughs> Mac works at the Micro Center. <laughs> you dirtbag. Uh, yeah. Won't give us a discount, but he works at the Micro Center where? In Fairfax. All right, look for him there. Celebrity sightings. Fairfax, Virginia. <laughs> uh, no discount for us, Todd, but uh, I no, guess we can live no. with that. Oh, well, because their prices are just so low, I hear. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. of course. They're so low. There are no margins. <laughs> they have a 0% yes. markup. 0%. I don't know how they stay in We're here for the community. <laughs> yeah, when you buy, like, you buy a graphics card for 800 bucks, I'm sure the community is involved. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, good show, and we'll try to do uh, do the next one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in un- another month. No, maybe? no, 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 no. We'll couple weeks. A month? Couple weeks, the most. Let's make a, a couple commitment weeks. Here. Couple weeks. Couple weeks. We always say that. I know. People are gonna start saying we're lying. Just, we're like, liars. just tweet us a couple weeks when the couple Let's weeks just, comes around. <laughs> tweet at us if you want to. That's do the way we show. get another show out. You you guilt us. I'm I'm not yeah. gonna lie. You guilt us. I said we gotta do this. All it takes is one tweet, people. And uh, that's it for our show. Good times, and we'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. This is the sound. This is Tech 411. The preceding program was brought to you by More Broadcasting.
For more information, visit us at morebroadcasting.com.